It's here, the episode you've been waiting for, just where should you focus for maximum success in 2023? It's the e-commerce master plan podcast, here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you listening. A special welcome if this is the first time you've tuned into the e-commerce master plan podcast. And if you're tuning in for the first time in a while, it's excellent to be chatting to you as well. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this multi-award winning show. And it's my aim in every single episode to bring you inspiring stories and examples of retailers and brands who are striving for e-commerce success and doing interesting things on the path to net zero. Every January, though, we release an episode like this one, your guide to the best ways to grow your business this year. It's usually the most popular episode of the year, and with 2023 shaping up to be an interesting, let's be honest, challenging year, I've worked extra hard to get you a lineup of brilliant experts with excellent tips so you get the best possible advice to help you survive the year ahead and, dare I say it, thrive as well. Please listen right the way to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on any of my guests' top tips for e-commerce growth in 2023 and my own little roundup and take on it all too. We're now live with Chloe's e-commerce club, my new free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. The point of the club is to help you all improve your e-commerce businesses, to help you solve your marketing challenges, to get supplier recommendations, learn new tactics and much more. We're starting simple and focusing on that core of helping us all get through this challenging year, but we've got lots lined up for the coming months and I'm sure we'll add more things based on your needs and feedback. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Okay, let's get on with it. The tips are about to come thick and fast. There is a lot of great advice coming up. We've got nine experts and they have, some of them have sneakily put in more than one tip. So there's an awful lot coming your way. So to help you make the most of it, we have created a page on our website that you will find at ECMP, that's e-commerce master plan, ecmp.info forward slash 420, the number of this episode. And if you go there, you will get links to lots of useful things and free resources and the the full transcript of the episode and a bit of a summary. So our notes about all of this as well. So grab all of that at ecmp.info forward slash 420 to make sure you make the most of the amazing stuff coming up because you are going to hear from some of the world's top e-commerce podcasters, some of the world's top e-commerce consultants and coaches, and some of those awesome people who work for your favorite e-commerce software vendors as well. All of them are answering the exact same question. What is your top tip for e-commerce growth in 2023? 
We're going to kick things off with the lovely and very astute Retis Loris, co-founder and CEO of Omnisend, because not only are his tips spot on, but he's also done a brilliant job of summing up the challenges we are facing this year. Before jumping into tips and advice, what what e-commerce businesses could do in 2023 to grow, I would I would like to talk about two challenges that I think are very important uh, to understand it in the context and what's happening. So those two challenges, I would say, the first one is uh, the acquisition will become more and more expensive and return on investment going to go down for mainly two reasons. One is uh, Facebook and Instagram, those two channels owned by Meta, they are becoming more and more expensive. At the same time, they are becoming less and less effective, mainly due to Apple privacy changes. And iOS 14.5, it took a little bit of time to really uh, to, to, to start uh, like making an effect, an impact after it was rolled out. And I think this is the, in the we already see this and we will continue seeing the, the, the dropping efficiency of the main acquisition channel. So search of new acquisition channels will be the biggest challenge for everyone who is selling online. Is it like TikTok? Is it something new? Probably there is no silver bullet yet, but definitely uh, marketers and e-commerce businesses will have uh, to be in constant search and finding new opportunities to acquire customers. Number two, uh, challenge number two is that there will be fewer uh, spontaneous purchases. Uh, Due to economic downturn, people will be spending less just spontaneously. I saw the ad, I love the product, I love the image, I buy, doesn't matter of the value. In the past, it was like the value below 100 US dollars or pounds. Basically, it was like the category of spontaneous purchases. So I think there will be way more uh, less spontaneous purchases. So having in mind those two uh, challenges, both of them are related to acquisition, either growing cost or, or, or decreasing efficiency, I think that the main focus should be on improving your customer experience to get better retention and increase customer lifetime value. So, and then I would give two advice. First one is really focus on overall your customer's experiences. Starting on your website, is it really smooth process to to purchase from you? Uh, Delivering, packaging, is it like the best experience you're providing for your customer? Because you need that customer to return. One-off purchases is not longer profitable for you. It's a loss. And that's, that's, that is that's very important. Yeah, And of course, like to communication part of site, I would really advise to focus way more on automating your post-purchase communication. As we see a lot of our customers, customers of Omnisend, they do a lot of automation, but a lot of autom- that majority of those automations are being related to really push you to the purchase uh, Okay, you visited the website, maybe we're going to remind you, you put something in, in, in a shopping cart, we will send you abundant cart reminders, etc. But our customers are not automating enough of post-purchase experience. And I think this is a massive opportunity here. And first, it's very important to uh, utilize email, SMS, push notifications as channels to communicate with with your customers, so um, multi-channel experience and approach. And the second thing is really launch or improve uh, post-purchase communication. So, and like few few examples uh, to provide for the customers. So flows as like order follow-ups, uh, satisfaction surveys, just 
like two weeks after purchase, sending a message, could you please evaluate your experience about this? Warranty reminders. Do you remember that you still have warranty? After six months or maybe 12 months, are you happy with a purchase you made 12 months ago? And uh, or reactivation messages. Yeah, well, you you bought from us uh, three months ago, four months ago, This depending on, on, on your ordinary cycle of or purchase cycle etc but we missed you so maybe this is a discount code for your next purchase if you complete it in one month etc so i think this is this is very overall holistic uh, customer experience in order to improve retention and increase lifetime value so this is the the, the way to address uh the, the the dropping efficiency of customer acquisition so that would be my advice an excellent start. If you want more on any of those topics, the Omnisend team have put together some excellent resources to help you at omnisend.com forward slash blog and for a deep dive on just how to improve that post-purchase activity, check out episode 123 on our sister show Keep Optimising, where Omnisend's Greg takes us through the latest ways to make post-purchase marketing work for you. Building directly on Retus's tip, but coming at it all from a quite different angle and with a lot of cool little practical ideas you could deploy, we've got the marvellous Sue Monate from the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. My top tip is controversial because it goes against our natural inclinations. It'll feel like you're wasting time on something small that will barely move the sales needle, except you'll think differently when you see the results. I'm talking about focusing on individual customers versus going for the big play. Establishing a real connection and building a relationship with first-time customers to convert them into repeat purchasers and true fans of your brand. As you know, emotion drives every single sales decision. Having your customers feel individually seen creates that emotional connection. Existing customers are easier and less expensive to move into another sale, too. So why do we always focus on the new? Getting more followers on social who may buy, when the truth is only a very small percentage ever will. Casting a large net in all ways to gather huge numbers, without knowing if they're a true match for what we sell. It's time to switch this up in light of the tougher sales environment we find ourselves in. Customers are tighter and more deliberate with dollars these days. There's no question about that. By getting more business from those who have purchased before, you can build on your past successes, and that is what actually allows you to grow. Otherwise, you spin your wheels, continually having to find new customers with nearly 100% churn each and every month. It's a hard way to make progress. A quick Google search shows an average of 15% of customers return again. If you're lucky, you may be up to 25%. But these percentages may mean that they only came back one more time. Why not get them coming back on a regular basis? I know you can make that number higher. Plus, returning customers spend an average of 67% more. The times call for nurturing those who already have pressed your buy button. You can do this by sending emails to existing customers, treating them as an exclusive group with special offers, 
creating a loyalty program that's a no-brainer for them to sign up for and use because it offers them exactly what they need. Based on your product, you could also add in subscription boxes or auto-restock programs. And my favorite, because of its strong emotional impact, reach out personally, one-on-one to a set of customers each week with a personal message. Use their name and maybe even reference the last product they purchased so that they know it's real and not a scripted action to the masses. I love voice messaging for this. It's fast and impressive when someone hears you talking directly to them. What do you say? Lots of options here. You could simply thank them for their business. You could invite them to visit you at a local event you'll be at this upcoming weekend. Tell them about a special that's only for existing customers and why you thought of them specifically for this offer. Ask for input on new flavors or scents that you're considering. Thank them for leaving a product review. So many options. The point is that one-to-one contact. This will leave an impression and set you apart from everyone else. Personally, connecting with your customers is the key to sales in 2023. I totally agree with you, Sue. Get personal, get connected. And like Sue said at the start, it might feel a bit weird to start with, but wow, will it pay off. You can find many more brilliant pieces of advice from Sue and her guests on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Let's shift gears a little now and switch to customer acquisition. In difficult economic times, you really need your lower cost channels working hard for you. Channels like email and SEO and also your website. Those places you've already invested a lot of time and effort and money. Are there some things you can do to tweak up their impact a little? Well, my next guest is going to outline one. Back again, two episodes running, it's the brilliant Chaya Oosterbrook, Chief Operating Officer at Yoast SEO. So my top tip would be like, there are two different places in Google where your product can be shown, the normal search result and Google shopping. And there are different ways to describe your product on those places. So you have Google Merchant Center for Google shopping and structured data for normal search results, which is highly efficient for Google and store owners. And we believe that structured data which is a specific code that Google understands becomes more and more the single source of truth to describe your products. And the reason is that we see Google is pushing hard on structured data with these recent releases as examples. So the product highlights, the price drops, um, the delivered price results, the return policies, and the pros and cons rich results for comparison sites. So make sure to invest in getting your structured data right. So there's something I didn't know. Now, not only will getting structured schema markup set up correctly on your site improve your normal SEO results, it's also going to have an impact on the organic shopping results as well. One of those areas you can fix once and see the results just continue to fly in. If you want the detail on how to do that, then get yourselves over to the Yoast Academy at yoast.com forward slash academy, where you can find all the how to's you need for free. Whilst we're on the subject of product data search and new customer acquisition, I think we should listen to the top tip for e-commerce growth in 2023 from Big Commerce's Megan Stabler. Getting your product listing 
absolutely correct. And here's the reason why. You're competing against other merchants vying for that shopper's business across multiple surfaces and through multiple channels. Your ability to stand out based off of the search arguments and terms that they're looking for is critical. So we know that ad spend cost is increasing. We know that the channels where people are shopping are increasing or becoming more formative in their day-to-day -day life. The use of Instagram, Instagram shopping, Google shopping, right? Facebook, all the different channels that people go through. And then there are hundreds more on top of that, either depending on your region you're selling into or others. But your product listing, your variants, your colors, your sizes, your schemas are critical to making sure that they are correct. Now, you can take a manual approach to getting that correct, or you can begin to think about using AI technology to do that for you with some of your input, obviously, on what it is, but making sure that your product listings, your product data, your variants are in the right schemas that are required by some of those connecting channels that you want to sell on because a Facebook shops schema is different from an Instagram, is different from a Snapchat, is different from a TikTok, is different from a dot, dot, dot. And so how you code, how you require that to be displayed, to be issued, it could be different, is different. And I want people to consider taking away that manual process, or maybe you've got some kind of automated process where you're uploading a a CSV file or an Excel file with all the variants and stuff on top of it is to take that away and really do it in a more automated approach using AI technology. So I think AI, when it comes to improving your product listings, your categories, your variants, and then helping you ensure that the schemas that are required by those channels, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, all those other things, is a must-do imperative for 2023 so that you stand out as a merchant. Yes, let the tech do the heavy lifting so you don't have to worry or spend time fixing product data all over the internet. A great way to make sure you're making the right first impression wherever customers are finding you. Find out more about that at bigcommerce.com. As we're on the topic of AI... Recording this episode is always a great way to end my year because I get to catch up with some of my e-commerce pals. The number of times we say, ooh, hold on, we better actually record the tip before we run out of time is, uh, quite frankly, excessive. With our next guest expert, we actually had to double our meeting time in order to stop chatting and record. We just couldn't stop chattering about what's going on in the space at the moment. But it was well worth the extension as Derek Haney, founder of e-commerce tech, brought some brilliant AI insight here for all of you. For uh, growth going into 2022, we had a big pivot from acquisition-centric marketing to retention-centric marketing. And certainly uh, that, that stems off the back of rising ad prices, loss of cookies and all these other things that made acquisition costs so high that I think a lot of brands and marketers uh, realized that actually selling to your existing customers might be cheaper. So there was a, a certain economic lever that would that or pendulum that perhaps uh, swung that way. But of course, we should have been paying a uh, closer uh, call to, a, to retention in the earlier days back when it was still very cheap. 
But I want to kind of change the subject to what I think the most important thing going into 2023 is going to be, is using artificial intelligence in multiple aspects of your business. And so obviously AI is a, is a nice fancy buzzword, which essentially should mean something along the lines of shortcutting a lot of decision making along uh, multiple aspects of your business. So if it's AI with live chat, that's generally just some forms of conversational chatbot commerce or being able to decipher what a person is saying and putting the right message in front of them, which is uh, honestly a little bit more algorithmic than, than AI. Then you have AI and personalization, which if you're not doing at all is really becoming quite powerful. So being able to recommend upsell, cross-sell products frequently bought together or alternatives to and understanding who that user is possibly even before they've landed on the site to make the best prediction of how to help them navigate the site. Um, then you have some AI in things like shipping, uh, combining orders together. These are often, again, more algorithmic than, than true AI, but moving in that direction. Uh, you also you have kind of predictive learning and, and predictive analytic models that I think are becoming more and more important for these growth stage brands where instead of having to run the numbers yourself and come up with a hypothesis of what to change or what thing to test, uh, the, the AI is actually able to pull in the data and see those per, uh, potential optimizations and say things like, hey, if you lower ad spend on this channel and divert it over to this channel, you'll increase your net uh, new customers by this much and lower your cost per acquisition by that much. And that's certainly happening a lot in the ad tech space, a lot more true AI coming to fruition there. Um, and certainly AI is very powerful in multi-attribution modeling because everybody's over-reporting on how much they are actually collecting from you. Your email service provider is giving you a big number. Facebook ads and Google ads are giving you big numbers. All a lie. Uh, so having having a smart tool that no human can really do true multi-touch attribution in a spreadsheet, you really have to use, use a model for this one. Uh, I think that's really important. Then we move into the creative side of AI that I think is going to change really quickly. Right under our noses, we can see these things. Um, we have uh, Dolly 2, GPT-3. So both text and image and even video now being created completely by artificial intelligence. There's a cool tool called Pencil, trypencil.ai.co uh, or something. I don't remember exactly what it is. Uh, and they're, they're making video assets using AI with your existing brand assets, putting word overlays on it, and then pushing those out to run ads. So your creative team no longer needs to be a videographer, a, uh, a video production expert, you know, an audio person. All those things can be combined into one, especially if you're using, let's say, influencer marketing, UGC, put it into a repository, a tool automatically creates um, sh video shorts for it, tests it on ad channels, iterates and improves. And again, there's also AI on the, on the written copy side of things, product detail pages, uh, SEO, and uh, and, and meta tags and descriptions all can be marked up using artificial intelligence um, and, and kind of improve the copy of the site. So improving conversion rate without a human there. So the big word of 2023 and where it's all heading is implementing AI in multiple aspects of your business to streamline operational efforts, increase conversion rate, improve customer experience. Uh, and then you need smart people at the helm of these tools to making it successful. So that's that's my rant on, on AI going into the next year and beyond, I would argue. <laughs> I'm always happy to have a knowledgeable rant on AI or anything tech from Derek. And I think it shows just how much possibility there is now for you to lower your workload, improve customer experience, going right back to Retus's point, 
and much more if you find the right tech. To do that, head over to ecommercetech.io where you'll find an amazing list of vetted, powerful tools you can deploy in your e-commerce store. Phew, five tips down, three to go, as well as my thoughts on it all. So make sure you keep listening for more on retention, acquisition, and how to succeed when consumers have less money to spend. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Do you want more traffic to your online store and to increase your sales? Yoast SEO, the most used SEO tool in the world, is here to help you do just that. It's your personal coach for writing product descriptions that rank high in the search engines. And it takes care of your technical SEO automatically. With Yoast SEO installed on your Shopify or WooCommerce site, you will increase your chances on rich results, quickly optimize your meta tags and beat your competitors. I use Yoast to improve the SEO across all our websites and you can join me now and install Yoast SEO for Shopify or WooCommerce today. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash Yoast to sign up. That's ecmp for ecommerce master plan dot info forward slash y-o-a-s-t. So ecmp dot info forward slash y-o-a-s-t. Cash is king. Are you tying up your capital with goods that take months to arrive? Wave goodbye to cash flow headaches with Trade. They pay your supplier invoices up front and you pay Trade back up to four months later. This lets you free up capital to invest in your growth. No dilution, no complicated repayment scheme, just a transparent flat fee for each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if Trade can help your business grow at trade.io forward slash masterplan. Now, Trade is spelled T-R-E-Y-D, so that's T-R-E-Y-D dot I-O slash masterplan. Okay, thank you, sponsors. Now, where should we go next? I think we should hear from Chris Dawson from Channel X, the rebranded Bay. Now, Chris has been participating in these roundups since 2016 uh, and always brings a slightly curveball but fascinating tip. This year, he's tackling how we should be responding to the cost of living crisis and adapting to consumers' desires to go green head on. 2023 is going to be an interesting year because we all know there is a cost of living crisis. Consumers are not only going to have less money in 2023, but in future years, they're going to have less and less money as the recent mini budget measures start to come in. Now, it's an interesting time because I've heard a lot of people saying you should get into refurbished, you should get into pre-loved. That's what consumers are going to be looking for. And there's a very sound argument for that because especially younger consumers are more and more concerned about the environment and they are very open um, to greener options. But the reality is, for most businesses, there is not simply an opportunity to say, I'm going to scrap my entire product set and sell refurbished. But what it does tell us is that if you have distressed stock, end of line stock, return stock, you should think about instead of putting it in disposal channels, actually considering having it as an option on your main channels. 
but that is still actually quite a minor part of most people's businesses. Let's be honest, most people's retail business is in the business of buying goods and selling goods, and those goods are gonna be new. So what you should really be focusing on is um, how can you offer consumers the very best value? Not everyone is going to be absolutely skin. There are some things that people will still need, whether they can afford it or not. For instance, if your car breaks down, you've kind of got to get your car repaired if you've got to go to work. And there'll be things that people need in the house, whether you're selling kitchen items and someone burns their saucepans or their frying pan burns, they're going to need a new one. But they're going to be very conscious on the value proposition. Now, again, not every retailer can say, I'm going to change my entire product set um, for value options. But many will have a kind of an, an economy set of knives and forks, a nice set of knives and forks and a premium set. And you can start promoting um, the, the, the different offers you've got. But more importantly, you can start thinking about putting different products together and creating value bundles or value propositions. So, for instance, again, while we're talking at homewares, if you're selling a, a, a set of crockery, why not put an economy set of knives and forks with it and sell it as a set? It adds value, even though it's the economy knives and forks. You may find consumers kind of forgive you for that if they get a really nice set of, of crockery to go with it. And it's the crockery they're buying. But just having that added a value with it just adds in that extra bit of value to convince them to purchase from you rather than one of your competitors. And I think it is all going to be about, as I say, the, the, the value proposition and the service proposition in 2023. People will still want to buy. They will still be forced to buy. Um, school uniforms is another great example, which has been in the news recently about cutting out badges on school uniforms and allowing people to buy a wider range from some 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 better value um, retailers. So again, if you're a clothing retailer, um, school uniforms is something that every child needs every year, not necessarily because they wear out, but children grow. And again, we may not be able to shop at our favourite Gaps and Zaras to dress our boys and girls. So we may be looking at economy options, but parents will still want value options. They don't want something that wash it twice and it fades and falls apart. They're still going to want quality clothing, but perhaps just dropping down one level from their preferred high street brand or, or, or a luxury brand to a more affordable version. So I think it's a difficult play um, to get to grips with. And people are going to have to think very, very carefully about how they convey the proposition to their customers. Um, because if you're selling a school shirt that's white for a 10-year-old girl and someone else is selling a school shirt that's white for a 10-year-old girl, why is yours a better value proposition? Even if it's perhaps more expensive, you really need to set out your stall and explain exactly what benefits and, and features your product's got and why it's better than everyone else's. So for 2023, top tip, think value, think what the proposition is and the services that you can actually give to consumers. 
Thank you, Chris. You've given us lots to think about there. And like he says, get clear on your value and service proposition. Make sure it stacks up for your customer. Okay, let's get super practical now with our last two guests. Next, we've got Jessica Totillo Costa from the e-commerce badassery podcast. I've been spending a lot of time looking at my clients and students over this last year, and there are three things that stand out among those who continued to grow in 2022 and those who didn't. One, they had a really clear niche and built a community around it. Two, they weren't afraid to invest in things like expert help, their team, and paid advertising. And three, they leaned heavily into and took advantage of email and SMS marketing. And while I'm technically only supposed to share one top tip, sorry, Chloe, one in two support number three. Having a great email and SMS sending strategy isn't going to do much for your business if you don't have enough people on your list or they aren't engaged. On the Black Friday Tips episode, number 118 of the Keep Optimizing podcast, which is relevant beyond Black Friday, by the way, I talked about how 60% of those who buy from you in Q4 are customers who engaged with you in the first half of the year, which means you should be focused heavily on list growth in Q1 and Q2 to support your business for all of 2023. Being really clear on your niche and building a community around it and investing in lead generation ads are both great ways to accomplish this. The trick is, how do you get them to take action and actually sign up for your list? Well, there are four tactics that I see win out over all of the rest. First, a product recommendations quiz. Not only does this help the customer weed their way through your product offering, but it's an easy way for you to collect more data that can be used for a ton of other purposes in your business. Two, product pre-launches. When you're releasing new items, build a list of excited customers who are refreshing their inbox on launch day, just waiting to spend their money with you. Three, social media messaging automation. It's a lot to ask someone to leave a social media platform. Let them join your list right from the DMs. And then four, create events that matter to your customer and are related to your products. This last one might not make sense for every business, but an example I have seen work wonders is for an e-commerce business that sells yarn. She creates knit-along events a few times per year. Not only does it grow her email list, but she sees a big revenue bump during this time because participants buy their kit for the knit along directly from her. Ultimately, you'll get out of your email list what you put in. So be active about growing it with fresh, new, excited customers and the revenue will follow. Jessica, of course you can have three cheeky tips when they are this great. A difficult economic year is the time to invest in improving your email content and automations. And if you want more of Jessica's brilliant tried and tested email marketing advice, go have a listen to her show, E-Commerce Badassery. My final guest is Kelly Barner, another brilliant podcast host from the Dial P for Procurement podcast. So, yep, we are getting into fulfillment or more specifically, returns. My top tip for e-commerce growth in 2023 is to manage your returns. 
Now, I'm in supply chain, so we typically refer to this area of operations as reverse logistics. An e-commerce company's top-line health is based on their ability to reduce friction and hesitancy for the consumer, convincing them to spend money on something they may never have seen firsthand. The idea of customer experience has to extend beyond the buying process to include what happens when they don't want to keep an item for whatever reason. Make that hard, and you've probably turned them off as a return customer. But make it overly easy, and you've created a bit of a challenge for yourself. The reality is that reverse logistics are expensive. According to the National Retail Federation, returns have more than doubled over the last few years. That, of course, is due in part to the explosion of e-commerce demand driven by the pandemic. But e-commerce companies still have to deal with those costs if they want to protect their bottom line while continuing to grow the top. Returns take a few different but common routes. Some are processed by the company themselves, which requires an investment in in-house manpower. Others are packaged, processed, and resold wholesale, which may or may not be a winning proposition based on the profit margin of the goods we're talking about. Some items are recycled, and others end up in the waste stream, which is the worst option of all. It represents a complete loss of money and value, and it is a practice that goes against many companies' environmental or sustainability program commitments. So what actions can you take to better address your returns and return processes in 2023? The most important advice I can offer is to be purposeful. Recognize returns as a part of your operation worthy of focused energy. Make sure you baseline. Look at any changes in cost or volume that have occurred over the last few years. This may actually justify a reconsideration of your current strategy. Of course, hopefully it goes without saying customer experience. Gather customer feedback about the returns process and make sure that you incorporate as much of that feedback as you can. And finally, with an eye to the bottom line, be sure you consider the relative cost to bring an item back to you, whatever method you choose compared to the option of allowing a customer to keep the item and re-gift it or donate it for the general good. At the end of the day, however you handle your returns should be driven by the numbers. The right answer will keep your customers happy while costing you as little as possible. Keep the customers happy and your own costs down. What's not to love about that? And if you want more delivery and fulfillment insight, then make sure you check out Kelly's podcast, Dial P for Procurement. A huge thanks to all my guests. And how on earth do I sum all of that up for you? Such a such a selection of eclectic, wide-ranging and super practical advice, which let's face it is what you need at the moment. You need all those little practical wins you can make to make sure you're squeezing uh, squeezing your costs and upping your revenues if at all possible. 
I think even without the economic situation, 2023 is going to be a very different year because of the way the marketing landscape has shifted, which of course includes the increasing competition levels, but it also includes, as many of our guests zeroed in on, our need to improve customer experience levels. So we need to improve our retention marketing, whether it's Sue's one-on-one comms idea or getting your return system sorted. We need to get the foundations right, our value proposition, our schema and product data flows, the right tech to lighten the load. What we also need to do is to adapt our marketing strategies. And I think this is where my tip comes into play which is we are now in an e-commerce environment where you can no longer rely on one channel to bring you all your sales. We're not going to be hearing next year from someone who has perfected meta ads and grown a multi-million dollar business in 30 days. It's not going to be happening because there's no one channel that can deal that to you anymore. That means you need a mix of channels. You've got to diversify. You need multiple channels working in harmony together. That's essentially my tip for 2023. Find a way to make the channels you're already using work better together. That means consistency of message, consistency of targeting, consistency of promotions, and start exploring some of the more blue ocean channels you can be using to drive your growth. So there's a whole plethora of different advertising channels I'm seeing people testing at the moment. It's a bit too early for me to go, you should be going here. But I really think, you know, by the end of the year, we're going to see people using more channels and we're going to see people having massively diversified their ad spend. So that's my tip for 2023. More one to think about than necessarily quite as practical as some of our experts. So there you have my experts top tips episode for creating a successful 2023 for your business. There was a lot there to get your head around. So please do listen again. And to help you take it all in, we have created our own set of notes from this episode with lots of links, the full transcript and more. Just head to ECMP, that's short for e-commerce master plan. So ecmp.info forward slash 420. And uh, once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business, including a couple of very interesting things we have coming up in the next few weeks. There's going to be my training on how to expand your traffic mix. If you were thinking, okay, Chloe, I get it, but that sounds like a lot of work. You need that training that's going to be coming up and it's going to be available to you for free. So uh, make sure you're on our email list so you know when we when we launch that. And our mini series on the overstock problem. Um, and I'll leave that there because we're going to be getting into that in a lot of detail later. So I don't need to explain the terms right now. Um, okay, everybody, if you liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode 419. So the last one where I'm chatting to the people behind three of the most exciting new pieces of e-commerce tech right now, in my opinion. I selected them because they're going to help you survive and thrive this year. So they're, it's well worth a listen to, as alongside this episode. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode we put out of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and never, ever, ever, especially in a year like this, forget to keep optimizing your marketing. 
Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.